There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The biggest football games of the season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to place your bet. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It's Hold with Vison. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, and lots going on. Uh, Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado will talk about this uh, debacle of a Broncos finish uh, to this season. He's not going to be feeling good about this game against the Raiders. Maybe I have a little different take. We'll also get into the Raiders-Broncos lines. we got to talk about tonight's Nuggets-OKC game, which I will have my best bet for you. I totally got screwed on the Justin Fields bet the other night, over 40 and a half rushing yards. He got to 42, got sacked for seven yards. I don't understand how a sack turns into uh, negative rushing yards. I thought that couldn't happen. I wrote... I wrote to multiple sports books, our guys at Bet Rivers, and nobody could explain it except that the bet lost. So you know what? I'll take one on the chin there. Guy went over. I don't know how they calculated the sack. Uh, I was furious, but that's what happened that last game. Two things that we have going on. Uh, First of all, Raiders week. Can you feel the uh, passion and the hatred? But first, I got two stories for you. So they rescheduled the two games for Tuesday night in the NFL, right? So that was, what, last night? I had tickets to the Kansas CU game up in Boulder. I am a Kansas grad, so sorry CU grads or CU fans. No matter what happens, no matter who Kansas is playing, I'm rooting for Kansas. I was the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks uh, for the student station back in the late 90s. And uh, it's just, it's part of my heart and it's part of my soul, just like many of you with the Broncos or maybe with the Buffs or whatever team you're a huge fan of. And it's the only team I can really truly root for because I don't bet on them. It's the only team I, well, let me take that back. I try not to bet on them. And if I do, I just back them. And I feel really good about the number. I'm not just going to blind back them because I'm a homer. Uh, That's the way it goes. But we had the two football games. So, I had uh, the direct, uh, the Sunday ticket. So what I was going to do was watch both games on my phone and go to the game and watch Kansas just obliterate CU. But we didn't have a chance to have that happen because they canceled because of the COVID. I had just gotten into my car. So I live, what, 30 minutes south of of Denver. And it's going to take me over an hour to get to that game. So I was going to leave two hours before the game. And thank God for Twitter, as much as I hate Twitter, social media in general, um, one of the big reasons for the downfall of this country, but don't get me into that, something totally different. 
and down a different wormhole. But it was also good because it saved me the whatever, what, what was it going to be like an hour and 15 minute drive up to Boulder. A little bit disappointed about that. Ended up going back in the house, watching some football. Everything worked out there. We had the, um, the Vikings game. Remember the Vikings game a couple of days ago? Uh, it's Raiders week. I don't think people really remember Randy Moss as a Raider. Maybe some Broncos fans do, but I had a good Randy Moss story. It's Raiders week. He was a Raider. I was thinking about this during the Vikings game, so I might as well share the story with you. So I have, and, and Merry Christmas, everybody. I know I'm all over the place today. I've just got so much on my mind, so much to get to. So here's the Randy Moss story. My first local radio job was actually in Seattle, Washington at a radio station called KJR. I was an update guy, so I'd read the updates, which most stations don't do anymore, and I would help book guests and stuff. So on this particular day, it was the, yeah, it was the, the midday show there. So the Pro Bowl is going on, and this had to be 90, 98 or 99. It was a while ago, okay? And Randy Moss was one of the names on the list that the producer wanted me to call. So you have the hosts of a show, you have the producer that gets all the guests and make sure everything's fine. Our guy, Steven in the background here, he makes sure everything is produced well. And then when you watch this or you listen to this, it just sounds magnificent and I'm much better than I actually am. So anyways, my job is to call these guys. And I honestly, I don't remember one other player that I was supposed to call. There were all the pro bowlers there and you'd call them. And this was the back in the day over 20 years ago, while the access wasn't easy to get to the players, the young players used to go to the Pro Bowl and really any game, they'd use their actual names. Let's see these guys like Fred Flint. I think Shaq was Fred Flintstone. All these guys would use these names and they still do. They just use other names. But the young guys back then would not use their aliases. And I call the hotel and I say, hey, uh, can I speak to Randy Moss? They said, yes, sir. We'll connect you right there. So it rings. And a guy picks up and he goes, hello. I'll never forget the way he said it either. He goes, hello. I was like, hey, is this Randy Moss? He's like, yeah. Nice guy too. He was, he was, uh, it was very nice. He's like, yeah, this is Randy. I said, Randy, this is Holden Kushner. I'm with KJR in Seattle. Uh, we're just getting all the pro bowlers on our, on our show. Would you be interested in hopping on? To which Randy goes, Randy ain't home. <laughs> Randy ain't home. Randy ain't here. And I just started cracking up and he was laughing. I said, thanks, Randy. That's my Randy Moss story. Okay. Let's move on. At least have a happy story before we get to the sad story, which is the Broncos. You know, just one last thought on that Bengals game. I did go off on Fangio on Monday. I, I remain livid at him because I think that's why the playoff chances are slim to none now. You just... I, I get it. It was Shermer's call to just loaf it up there, walk it up, get a field goal before halftime. Not an easy one, 51 yards. We think McManus is automatic, but 51 yards is a long way. And I don't know if Vic Fangio can like call up to the box and say, hey, move your ass here. This is ridiculous. We should not just be sitting and doing nothing and taking our time getting up the field. This is not the way to handle things. That's what happened. They took their time. They loafed up the field. They played for a field goal instead of a touchdown. They didn't try to get extra yards to make it a shorter field goal. They missed the field goal. And Fangio, at least he admitted it was a horrible call, basically playing 
prevent defense with nine seconds. A six-point swing in a game where you lost by five. Take your time moving up. Don't get in a great field position. Miss a field goal. Prevent defense. Nine seconds left. They complete a pass, kick a field goal, and all of a sudden everything goes to hell. And that was the end of the season. That was the end of the season for the Broncos, ultimately. Uh, three worst losses. I still say that Browns loss was the worst because they were playing Case Keenum and Dearness Johnson. Like, no Mayfield, no Chubb, no Hunt. They had major problems there. That, to me, will look back at this season, and next year I'll be talking about. Remember that loss to the Browns? I do. I think the second worst loss, and listen, they've been facing these teams coming off of, like, catastrophic storylines between the COVID and Gruden was fired, and then they lost that game to the Raiders, 34-24, and I'll never forget doing that show saying, guys, you know, this is not a layup. They're, they can come back for one week and really do some damage, and th that's what happened. I mean, that, the Broncos had the time of possession in that game, but Derek Carr threw for 341-2. and two. Teddy Bridgewater, three touchdowns, but he threw three picks, and that was the end of it. Uh, that, to me, was the second most damaging loss, and then last week was just an absolute debacle uh, to lose that game when you legitimately had a shot to win it. They, they should have won that game. Those are two very even teams you're playing at home. Even though Drew Locke was in there, that to me doesn't matter. If he hands the ball off to Javante, probably scores. I know everybody, or a lot of you have seen the clip of the all 22 where there's a big hole up the middle. There was still a shot that he would have been hit by a defender, but he probably gets in there. And yeah, Drew Locke decided to keep it. We know who Drew Locke is. He's, he's a guy that's just going to make a ton of mistakes. He'll make one good play a game. And then he'll turn the ball over a couple of times and just does dumb things. So for me, that was a loss where the only thing you had control of, because you can't really control what a bad quarterback does. The only thing you can control is getting into good field position, having a sense of urgency before the half, putting the points up and making sure the Bengals don't get the ball back with any time to score. They did a good job with no time to score. Unfortunately, they had an awful play call that allowed them to score. So... Bad losses, Browns, Raiders, and then the Bengals. So now they can get some revenge on the Raiders. Um, the Raiders have failed to cover three straight home games. I think that's interesting. Not the big trends guy, but that's an interesting trend there. And they're all mediocre teams. Well, two of them are mediocre teams. They lost to the – they didn't cover against the Chiefs. They didn't cover against the Bengals. They didn't cover against the football team. And the Raiders are 5-9 and nine against the spread. Seven and seven to the total. I mean, they, one of those wins against the spread was here in Denver. And the Broncos are even against the spread at seven and seven. Still 11 and three to the under. How does this team win a football game with Drew Locke as their starting quarterback, though? Oh, I mean, I look at it and I say the Raiders are not good. They're not well coached. Actually, I, I would say there's poor coaching going over there. I don't, I don't even know what their game plan is half the time. They look unprepared. In-game management is absolutely horrible. But it's not much better here with Denver. And now you're going in there with Drew Locke. I have not made up my, my mind on, on where I'm betting this game. I'm definitely betting this game. It's my job to bet the game. Um, and it might be another instance where I'm betting it live. But I'm pretty sure at the very least we'll find a player proper too. But here's the line right now on Bet Rivers. Broncos to win, straight up, even money. Raiders minus 114. 
Uh, Broncos plus one, minus 109. Raiders minus one, minus 112. You might as well just hit the money line at that point. If you think the Broncos are going to win, hit the money line. Don't take the point. And if you think the Raiders are going to win, I mean, you're, you're laying a point to go from 114 to 112. That doesn't make sense either. That just, it doesn't make sense whatsoever. Now, if you think the Broncos, this actually might be a, a teaser spot if it gets to one and a half. If the Broncos end up one and a half point dogs, then we could take it through the, the three points and the seven points and kind of throw it in a teaser option. So the Broncos this week, depending on where this line moves, definitely could be a teaser option because if they lose this game, I don't see them losing by double digits. Do you? Uh, total here at 42. That's set kind of right because both team totals are the same, 20 and a half. Uh, so again, really good lines for the books. Like they've, they've made the line, Bet Rivers has made the line very, very difficult uh, to fight here, uh, to, to go after. So I think as the week goes on, we'll look to see where this goes, maybe tease it up to seven and a half if this line gets to one and a half. If it doesn't, we'll get into the player props. And tomorrow, I'm going to set lines for the player props. I'll set lines for my own lines, for Drew Locke, Carr, Jacobs, Williams, Gordon, the receivers, everything. So we'll do that. And then when they drop on Thursday or when they drop on Friday and Bet Rivers, maybe Saturday, I'll just come up with my lines, give them to you, and you can decide which way you want to go on that. And you can always hit me up on Twitter at Holden Radio. I will be more than happy to answer your questions, give you advice, or tell you exactly what I am betting on. Okay, so that's what we got here with the Raiders and the Broncos. How do the Broncos win this game with Drew Locke? I, I'm just not sure. I'm, I'm just, I, I don't think they can unless the defense just steps up and holds the Raiders to maybe 17 points and somehow, some way, the Broncos defense puts Drew Locke in a good position to score. So, you know, the more, the more I think about this and talking it out uh, by myself, the more I'm starting to think that that Raiders money line close to even money is not a bad bet. I know it makes you sick. Doesn't make me happy either. I don't want to back the Raiders, but I would say that's a midweek lean. Uh, as far as the playoffs go, uh, the Broncos are still only what? 10 to one to make the playoffs. That's not bad. Plus a thousand at 10 to one to make the playoffs. So if they played this season 10 times, the Broncos would make it once, which <laughs> I mean, they're 13th place in the AFC. So at this point in time last week, I'm telling you, best case scenario, the Broncos could have been in the fifth seed. Worst case scenario, 13 seed. Worst case scenario happened. I think the only teams below the Broncos right now in the playoff race, Jets, Texans, Jaguars. If you want to look at the Raiders, you know, this is the situation that the Broncos were in last week, except for one less game now. Six to one on the Raiders making the playoffs plus 600. They're in 10th place in the AFC. They face the Broncos, Colts, and Chargers. I don't think they're making it either. I think these will be two teams probably um, on the outside looking in. So in order for the Broncos to make the playoffs, and I had to write this out, here's what's going on. The Broncos have to win out in all likelihood. You can't go two and one. You got to win out and you got to go 10 and seven. What do you think the chances are of that with the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Raiders? I, I don't think it's great, right? Uh, so they got to win out in all likelihood. Cleveland and Miami would have to lose once to fall behind the Broncos. They would jump the Raiders with a win on Sunday. The Steelers would have to lose at least one. 
the Ravens would have to lose two, and the Chargers, Colts, and Buffalo would have to lose at least two games. Think about that for a second. That is the scenario that the Broncos are in right now. That is what they're going to have to deal with. All that just to add it up. Mm. I mean, it's rough, man. It's rough. It's, it's not a good time to be a Broncos fan once again, but I really think they're closer to where they need to be as opposed to where they are right now. They'll have a new coach. If they don't have a new coach, that, that should be, that should be a red flag warning. Like he has, Fangio has no business being a head coach. Great defensive coordinator. I wish he'd stick around to be the defensive coordinator. I don't think it's going to happen, but they had made some strides defensively. If he's here next year, I got no hope in the Broncos unless they go out and get themselves Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, which those two options I'm not so sure is possible either. But again, a new coach can really change things around. Maybe Teddy's back. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's a rookie. I don't know. We don't know. The only thing we can control or that the front office can control right now, finding themselves a new head coach. And I'm sure it's going to be a big storyline. And it is something that we can bet on. You can bet on anything. We'll bet on the next head coach for the Denver Broncos. And we'll do that during the offseason. Okay, let's talk some Broncos. Let's talk some Nuggets. Let's talk some Christmas with my friend Ian St. Clair, PlayColorado.com. He joins me. And then before the end of the show, my best bet on the Nuggets OKC game tonight. I'm holding. And stick around here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Ah, it's one of my favorite times of the week. Get to catch up with Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado, playcolorado.com. Does a lot of work uh, around Denver, talk about the Broncos and some other sports too. Merry Christmas, Mr. St. Clair. Wonderful to see your face. What's going on in your world? The Broncos are done and the Nuggets have a game tonight. That's what's going on in my world. That's my world too. And Merry Christmas to you and your family and everyone listening to this and Hopefully, if you can get out to Vegas for the Broncos Raiders game, which will be a pillow fight, but at least it's a rivalry game, so we can go that route at least. Yeah, there's a few things going on in my life here. First of all, I've got two little kids. They're with their mom in like Puerto Rico right now. It's amazing. Like, good for them. They go to Legoland, they go to Puerto Rico. They're going, these are the most spoiled kids in the world. So I'm trying to find them like the worst gift that I could give them just for their reaction. I think they'll get over it and I've got a nice gift for them. I think everybody has been saying socks at this point to buy my kids socks. The problem is that my, my daughter loves socks. So I can do that for my son. My daughter just loves socks. So Ian, you've got nieces and nephews. What is a horrible enough gift to give my children to let them know you guys are spoiled and you should just be happy to have anything here on this Christmas? Well, there's a couple of routes we can take with this, right? So okay. yeah, I, I think you could go underwear because I think if you give kids underwear, they're like, what the heck is this? I thought I was going to get toys. 
The other way you could go is you could go total Christmas, a total Christmas story where Ralphie gets the bunny costume. So you could go that route and have to have your, your daughter put it on. And obviously it doesn't have to be a bunny, but something yeah. similar to that where it's just so ridiculous. And then you have to make her put it on so that, you know, she doesn't make you feel bad for giving you yeah. this great gift that you thought would bring her joy. No, that's great. Um, there was a really old toy like back in the 80s where you could milk a cow. Uh, that was a, the Milky Milky the Marvelous Cow. I don't know if you remember Milky the Marvelous Cow, but that was just an awful gift. Uh, I believe I got one of those when I was younger. So it was this little cow. I don't know. It's smaller than a football. And you used to fill it up and then it had the little, is that, do they call them nipples? I'm not a big farmer. You're going to South Dakota. Do you know about cows? Aren't they udders? Utters, there. See, this is why we have you on, Mister Pookie Shirt Guy. Yes, you're wearing the Javante. So there was utters, and you just pulled the little utters, and it came down. Um, I actually remember enjoying playing that though, so I'm not going to get him one of those. But I guess there's still a little bit of time to go shopping after I get off uh, with you. Go online and find them some socks, or because again, the kids love the socks and the underwear, so I have to figure something else out. Maybe I should get him a ticket to a uh, Rockies game. Oh, how about that? Nah, they'd like that too. And so would Dick Montford. <laughs> Bronco. <laughs> it's Raiders week. We got the Broncos and the Raiders. We also have the Nuggets uh, with a little game tonight against the OKC Thunder. But let's go here. Um, it's over once again. Now, technically it's not over because there's 27 teams still alive for a playoff spot in the NFL here, but they are the last team uh, possibly in. I've gone through so many scenarios where it's almost impossible for the Broncos to get in there. How are you feeling today? How are you feeling after that devastating loss to the Bengals, which I believe was all on Vic Fangio's debacle at the end of the first half? I, I totally agree with that because I, I called it the, the prevent offense. And those uh, the listeners who have watched football at any point there there was points in the 80s and 90s where teams would play, would play the prevent defense and it prevented you from winning and Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer decided to go with the prevent offense which prevented them from winning and I also think once Drew Locke got put into the game that was it I I just I have no faith in Drew Locke that he's going to be able to do anything but turn the football over which is what he did against the Bengals on a read option where the only option was to give the ball to Pookie and there are all 22 slides shots of that play and the running lane is wide open and Drew Locke decided he was going to keep it. So to me, those were the two defining plays moments of that game. I'm not surprised. I was on the show last week and I was hopeful that the Broncos would be able to turn the tide and, and not be that team that soils itself basically in big moments. But that's what happened. And it's not surprising. And now they go to Las Vegas to play the Raiders, who Derek Carr, despite all the success of the Vic Fangio defense, especially the last couple of weeks against the likes of the Bengals and the Chargers and the Chiefs, Derek Carr has success against this Vic Fangio defense. And based on what happened the last time these two teams played, I have no faith in what's going to happen 
on Sunday against the Raiders and the Broncos. We have to get into that too, because I'm a bit, I mean, I might have to back the Raiders and that makes me sick to my stomach. Not yes. just, I mean, listen, it's Raider week, right? You were even mentioned in this, I think last week, the hatred for the Raiders is like no other, correct? Correct. And for me, okay. so I, I, I'm born and bred Broncos country, been a Broncos right. fan since I was born. And I'm also a Raider hater. It, it was just, right. it, it's it, I mean, I remember Pat Boland's list, the three things. One of them was beat the Raiders. I remember Tom Jackson after beating the Oakland Raiders and screaming to John Madden, it's all over, fat man. I, it's just Mike Shanahan wanting to always beat the Raiders and hating the Raiders. So and with all the new fans who have moved on to the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes, even though that's not a rivalry because the Broncos can't beat him anymore, or Tom Brady in New England when he was up there. I've even thrown out Pittsburgh and Cleveland based on the playoff history. But, yeah, it, it is it is the Raiders. It will always be the Raiders. That's it. Um, And it's not just here, too. I mean, Kansas City. I went to University of Kansas. Actually was there with the Chiefs. Like, my first job was being a cameraman on the sidelines for this little television station in Lawrence. And I was down there and it's Raider week in Kansas city. It is Raider week. It used to be in San Diego. Now it's Raider week in LA for the eight chargers fans, I think. And then even in Seattle, I don't know, a long time ago, you remember when the Seahawks were in the division, don't you? Oh yeah. Like in, in the, 1842, in it was Raider week in Seattle. That's right. I mean, <laughs> it's Raider week everywhere. It's amazing. Bosworth, Steve Largent, yes. Dave Craig yeah. at quarterback. Oh, Dave Craig. I ended up doing shows with Dave Craig, believe it or not. Like radio shows. So I'll just right here. It's funny because Las Vegas anyways. I, one of my first jobs, Ian, it was a nationally syndicated radio show on something called the Sports Fan Radio Network. This is 99, 2000. And I end up doing a college football game day show. So we just go around game to game, talk about it. And... So we're over 20 years ago. And Dave Craig, we had Jim Lampley come on. You remember Jim Lampley, too? Oh, yeah, of course. The boxing announcer? Yeah, Showtime So boxing. all the big fights were in town. I want to say it was a Lennox Lewis fight. And it was so sad because Dave Craig, the most – if I had to – if you asked me who the most mediocre quarterback in the history of football was, I would say Dave Craig. <laughs> Not a good thing or a bad thing, just a mediocre thing. And he was, like, begging Lampley for a ticket to this fight. And it was just awful. Because Lampley's trying to tell him to go find it himself. It was a very, very uncomfortable situation. Almost as uncomfortable as Seahawks fans having to watch him be their quarterback yeah. for so many years. But we have just been going down wormholes here. So I'm going to try and get it back to something. That's what happens <laughs> when the Broncos aren't any good. <laughs> we go down wormholes. I mean, Drew Locke is starting yeah. on one hand. But... The Broncos are only one-point dogs on the road. So they're telling us, even with Drew Locke starting, that the Broncos are two points better than the Raiders on a neutral field. Unfortunately for us, the Raiders are 10th in the playoff race. The Broncos are 13th and basically dead. Like, Are, are the Raiders really going to sweep the Broncos, though? Is this possible? Yeah. Ah, that's, I'm having a hard time with this one, Ian. Because when you look at the last time Drew Locke played in Las Vegas, and I know there's a lot of excitement because of his arm and that he dances and raps on the sideline when he actually does something good. 
But the last time Drew Locke played in Las Vegas, it was one of the worst showings by any quarterback in recent memory. He was 23 for 47 for 257 yards passing, one touchdown, and four interceptions in a 37-12 to 12 loss. In Drew Locke's 21 games that he's appeared in, he's turned the ball over in 18 of them. In 21 of those games, Locke has 25 turnovers. And he's going against a defense that's pretty much the same as it was a year ago. And he has a regressing Garrett Holds, or Bulls, going against a better pass rush than he faced against Cincinnati, where he struggled mightily. And we heard the customary holding number 72. I just, I think it could get bad on Sunday. And that's just not me as a Broncos fan. Bad? Like, yeah, I, I, I think it could be as bad as it was a year ago in Las Vegas. Oh, my God. I, I don't want to be that negative, buddy, because I still think they can at least run the football 40 times and just slow it down. But, yes, Drew Locke just – let me ask you a serious question here because, you, you know, you're in, the, you're in the mix. I'm kind of a hermit. I stay in my place, and, and I talk with people. But, like, how many people really thought Drew Locke should be the starting quarterback coming into this year? Because I did – I. The people that were saying that to me, I just kind of wrote off. Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. There's not people that still believe in him, are there? Oh, yeah. There's fan base. What? Yes. People in the fan Come base. Come on. Yeah, I have and... not talked to one fan that thinks Drew Locke is the answer at this point. Seriously? Yeah. It, it, it may, most of it is is online. It's, it, most of it is all Twitter. And at Mile High Report, we have a massive community. There are fans in that community who still think, Drew Locke is the answer. And I th there are still people in the media who think Drew Locke is the answer. And I'm not going to get into, into specifics on who they are, but you'll be able to find them. Yes, there are still people who think Drew Locke can get it done. Yeah. Does, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Um, and, and really, when he came out, I remember do I was on with um, – it was Crackman. I was doing some fill-in work. They had just launched 92.5 and – I remember doing that and they were saying, all right, which quarterback are they going to take? And everybody's saying Drew Locke. And I'm saying to myself, not to just play this lazy narrative card, but when was the last time a Missouri quarterback was good? Somebody that came out of Missouri was good. And, you know, and then you heard him, well, it, and the Broncos weren't going to get Kyler that year anyways, but it was like Kyler was too short for John Elway. So he liked Drew Locke because he was tall. Like, again, Elway did amazing things as a player. I thought he did an amazing job getting to two Super Bowls and winning a Super Bowl as a GM. But ultimately, this will be the last piece of the weak link, hopefully from him, as far as drafting. Like, this was just a complete waste of a draft pick. Absolutely. I really, truly believe that. And I, you mentioned Kyler Murray being too small. There's another quarterback who could potentially end up in Denver Russ. despite John Elway thinking he was too small and picked his – uh, son's college roommate over Russell Wilson, and that was Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Listen, uh, again, Elway did a lot of great things here. The last uh, couple of years of his tenure building the roster obviously wasn't great, but then again, you know what? I, I want to take that back because the last couple of years of his, it, it, the roster is terrific outside of the quarterback position, right? They just need a quarterback. They do. And they needed a head coach. So the quarterback and the head coach are the two most important things. He's, he hired two defensive coordinators that are great defensive coordinators, and he didn't get a QB, which is why we're here. But this is going to be the conversation all offseason, Ian, though. I mean, there's so much talent here. 
Maybe Peyton figures out a way to turn things around at quarterback, but that doesn't matter this week. Ian, it doesn't matter this week. They've got this Raiders game. You are way down on the Broncos is what it sounds like. Yep. I, I still think you don't know which Raiders team is going to show up, though. And it wouldn't surprise me to see the Broncos win this game, despite the fact that they have Drew Locke. How unlikely is it that they win this game? Just on a scale of 1 to 10, 10, there's no way they're winning this game. Where ten. are you feeling right now? 10. 10? Yeah. There's no way they can win this game. I, I just I, I can't see it because the Raiders – still have a shot. They're wow. playing at home. I do think there's going to be a lot of Broncos fans at the giant Roomba in in the desert, but I, I just, I, I don't see it. I, I think that loss is going to, it's just, it's going to deflate them. The offense is not going to be able to do anything. I think Cortland Sutton cashed in and cashed out on the year. And based on the drops that we've seen, I, I have no faith in Pat Shermer. I have no faith in this offensive line to block Nagachu uh, and then Max Crosby. I just, I have zero, zero faith in this team right now. That is sad. It really is. Cause I'm, I, you know, I actually bought in. I knew there was a very good chance that they weren't going to go three and one down the stretch. And now they need to go three and oh down the stretch to have any shot of getting into the playoffs. But this is the ultimate mediocre team. And now you look at the win total. It's just been stuck at eight and a half forever, right? Do they win these? Do they win two of the last three games to get over that eight and a half is the real question. Because if they lose to the Raiders, they got no shot. There's no way they're beating the Chiefs and the Chargers. Even if the Chiefs are sitting Mahomes or he doesn't play as much week 17, I don't think that's going to be that's going to be the case. But I think eight wins, that's it. It's the ceiling, right? If you had over eight and a half wins at any point in time, you're probably going to lose that bet. Yes, I, I would say so. And even if they don't play Patrick Mahomes, there was a couple of years ago where they played on Monday night and Joe Flacco was the quarterback and Patrick Mahomes got hurt and the Broncos still couldn't beat the Chiefs. I mean, it's just, it's so brutal. It, it, it really is. Anything good you want to say about Javante before we move on to... Uh, our next team here. I I am so excited to watch him the next few years because I think if you get a competent offensive coordinator, you're going to see him flourish. I he he just he he's a special running back. He he's one of those guys who if you give him the ball, he's going to make things happen. And I think the thing that makes him a special player is he's an every down back. He can pass protect. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He doesn't just do the Kyle Brandt angry runs. He does everything and I think that's what makes him such a special player and is going to be what leads this offense if you can get a quarterback like Ruckle, like Russell Wilson into the fold he's going to flourish even more all right so here we go uh, on to next season for the Broncos but we'll continue to place bets there's still money to be made is the only other thing I'll bring up there is still money to be made on this team uh, Ian does not feel like there's any shot of the Broncos beating the Raiders. I will have my pick on Friday, and we'll see if we can dig something up. And then the under 42. I keep saying it's the last thing we're going to talk about, but you mentioned this. Carr just throws for a ton of yards. He's second in the NFL in passing yards this year. Yeah. I still don't see him as anything more than kind of a mediocre quarterback. But think about this for a second. What if Derek Carr was on the Broncos? What would this offense look like? They'd be a playoff They'd team. They'd be a playoff team, right? Yeah. Absolutely, they'd be a, with these weapons and this defense. 
Derek Carr would have this team in the playoffs. No, no question about it. No doubt in my mind. Oh, that is fascinating. Fascinating. Derek Carr would have the Broncos in the playoffs and it's, it's the facts. So maybe, the, you know, I, I don't know what the future is for Rodgers and Green Bay. It seems, you know, he's fist pumping Gutenhurst. Maybe things are worked out a little bit better there. Russell Wilson, I still, all these reports are going to come out. And I'm telling you right now, Russell Wilson's not coming here. It's not happening. The Seahawks are not going to give up on him. And I honestly believe that they're going to get rid of Carroll before they get rid of, of Russell, uh, Russell Wilson. So they're going to have to get creative. It's either going to be a rookie or another stopgap, or as we discussed, Teddy Bridgewater again. But um, Derek Carr is a just, possibility because I think the Raiders. Huh? I think the Raiders will move on from Derek Carr. I don't think they're they're going to have him back. So he's a possibility. And in, wow. in terms of Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, it, it's very similar, especially at this point in Russell Wilson's career, to John Elway when he had John, when he had Dan Reeves. Because that, that's basically the point in his career where Mike Shanahan came in. After the, the two years of Wade Phillips and then Pat Bowen brought in Mike Shanahan, this is around that time of John Elway's career where Pat Bowen had to make the decision, is it going to be Dan Reeves or is it going to be John Elway? Because there were trade discussions for John Elway. And it, I, I wonder what's going to happen in Seattle. I, I do wonder if they're going to move on from Pete Carroll or – if they're going, I, I wonder. I wonder how much of it is Russell Wilson wanting to get rid of Pete Carroll or just wanting something new. So that'll be interesting to see too. Yeah, it's just really it's got to be stressful for him. I mean, it's it's been such a good roster, and they haven't come up with good offensive game plans for him. It's just a lot of running, and then they did let him cook last year, and he was a disaster. So. Yeah, uh, but that's the Seahawks' problem. That's not the, the Broncos' problem right now. Let's go to um, the Nuggets. They got a game coming up against the, uh, uh, the OKC Thunder. This is a team that uh, they haven't faced this season. You know, you go back to last year, what was it? One, two, three. I think they swept the series, didn't they? Didn't they beat them? Uh, they beat them, yeah. They, they swept the season, season series last year. So the Nuggets uh, coming to town here. Just your thoughts, your, your thoughts on this with Jokic going forward. I know there's a lot of advanced numbers that say the Nuggets are still in the mix to win the whole thing, which, I mean, let, let's get real here. Numbers maybe sometimes lie. But are we back on the Nuggets train now at 15 and 14? I still just think this team can at least be a playoff team. I have moved on a little. I've moved up a little bit in thinking mm -hmm. that they can remain a playoff team. I it just – it is so dependent upon what they get from everybody besides Nikola Jokic because you know he's going to show up every night. And if they can beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, they'll be 16 and 14. Well, that's the record they had a year ago. So it's there for them to be a playoff team, and maybe it works out to where Nikola Jokic just plays out of his mind and makes everyone else around him so much better that they compete for the division, which I, I think is highly unlikely. But maybe they can, can stay in the playoff hunt until Jamal Murray finally gets back and gets up and going in end of March and April, and maybe they're still in the hunt at that point, and it can put them over the top, and they can go on a run. But that's a lot of ifs, and right now it's a matter of who is going to be able to continue to help Nikola Jokic out. Who is? 
that that is the big question who is going to help him on a night-to-night basis here's another thing and i i like you know a couple things that are happening here with Jokic. i love betting his triple doubles but the real question is who's going to step up on any given night and if you can figure out who that is you're going to make a lot of money aren't you oh absolutely huh? you'll make a lot of money who the the other guy is because we know gordon's going to be in the mix bones will come back he's actually given a little bit of uh, of a jolt here but the books are starting to realize Jokic has the shot at a triple double every night. So we'll just make it, you know, two to one. It's going to be tough to bet it. So now we need to find other angles. Like yep. who are the other guys that could step up on any given night? And to me, it's a, it's a, it's a small number of guys, right? Who else besides for Aaron Gordon Barton. That, and the thing is, is Morris. It, it has to be consistent because it, for it to be, for it to be something that you know is good value and that you can you can put money on and, and, and make money on, it has to be consistent. And that's the thing that hasn't happened yet. And that's what's so difficult about the NBA is being consistent. That's how you become a, from a good player to a great player is consistently show up every night and you put down double digit points as a secondary scorer to Nikola Jokic, because she's going to give you the ball. It's a matter of, can you take advantage of those opportunities as a secondary scorer to help your team out until it, and, and until it becomes consistent, the one player that you can maybe rely on is Aaron Gordon, but I don't know if it's going to be there every night offensively. It's going to be there from an effort wise. It's going to be there defensively rebounding, diving on the floor, giving all out effort. But offensive production is where I need to see more out of Aaron Gordon before I'm going to consistently think that it's going to be a way for betters to make money on the Nuggets. Because you mentioned Nikola Jokic in the books realizing that he can go for a triple double every night. Well, they're they're gonna, they're not gonna they're not gonna lose money on that now. So it's a matter of, as you said, who is going to be able to be that secondary player who can help the Nuggets out but also help betters out. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, on this show, that's the number one thing, trying to make some money here. And it's going to be rough. Now the Bulls game has gotten postponed tonight. I mean, there's so many postponements with this COVID. It's, it really is amazing. Like, we're back to where we were uh, last we're a, year. We're in a time loop. It, it feels... Right? It's, just, it's like we're back in March 2020. It, it, it really is incredible. And not to get too far into the weeds, but I, I mean, the, the Jets now have 15 people on the COVID list. Uh, Cole Beasley tested positive. Cole Beasley. Nice. Which some people are calling him COVID Beasley. I, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, the NHL is now on pause until after Christmas. It's just, it's like we're in the upside down for those who watch Stranger Things. It is, and I'm done with it, and I think we're all done with it. And I, I actually like what the NFL did, kind of mix messing with the with the wording, I guess. If you're asymptomatic but you're positive, uh, I think now you can go back and play once you pop, once you test negative instead of having to wait some extra days. So that's good. But I think what the NFL is just trying to do is minimize this so this doesn't happen during the playoffs. I mean, there can be outbreaks during the playoffs, but with these new rules, I think a lot less guys are going to miss. And if you're vaccinated, then you're going to be able to play. Yep. Imagine if, if, if Beasley 
they're in the playoffs, he's unvaccinated, and then he has to sit. Like everybody on the Bills right now is saying, okay, you know, he's going to miss a game here. He didn't get vaccinated. He's blaming it on the rules. You know, he's blaming it on the rules. Um, I think that to me is going to be the next big story coming up in the playoffs. The unvaxxed guys who might miss playoff games because of their decision. It's big. Yeah, and there's a potential quarterback in Green Bay who still has that status. I I think it's all about what is going to keep the 32 owners from losing money. Whatever that is, that's what they'll do. It has nothing to do about the safety or the wellness of the players or the coaches or anything. It's about how can we mitigate the losses of money? And that's what they'll do. How do you mitigate it? All right. What's the Christmas plans, buddy? What do you got going on here? I heard you're going to a wonderful beach resort in the Caribbean. True? Uh, false. Uh, unless they have those up in Rapid City, South Dakota, in the Black Hills. It's going to be a balmy when we head to Deadwood. Seven degrees. Seven degrees. So that's not good. Um, second of all, <laughs> you're going to South Dakota for Christmas. Is that Broncos country up there? Like, who do they root for up there? So it's based on West River, East River. So that's basically the eastern and western parts of the state. East River is closer to Minnesota. So that's where you get Vikings and probably and, and some Packers fans. Packers. Prob- probably a mix of both. And then West River is all Broncos country. So Rapid City, um, Sturgis, Deadwood, all the those are all Broncos, uh, Broncos country cities. All of them are Broncos. Yep. All of them are Broncos. That's good. Broncos country is big. Ian, I just want to thank you for hopping on this program since I launched. You've been terrific. Big fan. Go to play Colorado. Uh, .com. Anything coming up there? Is it just nice and slow at this point? And we'll start ramping it up after the new year. It's nice and slow. The Department of Revenue should be releasing the November handle mm-hmm. at, at any point over the next couple of days or the next week. And I'm looking for that to be the next record. I think it's going to push over $500 million for the month of November. And then wait till January. Yeah, wait till January. Everybody's betting on the Super Bowl, right? Big money. Well, you got the playoffs in January and then the Super Bowl in February. So I think we're we're getting into to big months of sports betting. And I believe Colorado would be the sixth state to top five hundred million for a month. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to say the least. Uh, thank you very much again for hopping on. I really appreciate it. Of course. I want to let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter, where they can find your work. You can follow me on Twitter at Ian St. Clair and at Colorado underscore play. And you can see the work at playcolorado.com where I always say that it's news analysis, opinion, features on helping you become a safer and smarter better. Okay. Last thing for everybody. I'll come back give you a little Nuggets preview, give you a best bet from that game as well. Thank you, Ian St. Clair. I'm holding. Stick around. Best bet coming up here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.
Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Thanks again to Ian St. Clair for hopping on the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Let's wrap this thing up talking a little nuggets. They've got OKC tonight. They swept OKC. And it's interesting because the Nuggets have not played in five days. Like they've had a long rest now. Uh, they played the Hawks, they took out the Hawks, and Jokic only needed 26 minutes. They didn't even have to run him out there. So he's, for all the minutes and all the stuff that he's logged this year, he should be as fresh as he's been since the first week of the season. I mean, that's how good it is. He only played 26 minutes against the Hawks. So let me throw a couple of stats out at you, and I'll give you my best bet uh, from this game. So first of all, the Nuggets haven't covered the spread when favored by six and a half more or more points this season in their five games. Hmm. That is an interest. It's a very small sample. It's five games. But when you look at this here and I'm looking at the lines here are the, I should have just started with this. Here's the lines on tonight's game nuggets minus six and a half. So that's a very key note that I brought up here. They haven't been covering that Two fourteen is the total in this game as well. I'm going to stay away from the side. I'm going to stay away from the total. I love how the Nuggets just have had some time to rest up, get a little healthier. So I'm going to stay away from that. What about the total? What about the total here? Um, 214. Opposing teams are shooting 44.5%, and they're scoring 107.8 points per game against the Thunder this season. So that gets me thinking. I'll scroll through here on my trusty Bet Rivers app. And go look back at the uh, the the team total at the team total for the Nuggets, and that's one ten and a half. Like that's a pretty heavy number for the Nuggets, given all the injuries that are going around them. Hmm. The Nuggets one ten and a half. The Thunder one oh four and a half. I could easily see uh, the Nuggets holding this team down, though. They're just a better team than OKC, and nobody can guard Jokic. They're just undersized. Okay. So they don't have size at center. Um, and I think Jokic can go absolutely bananas, but there's a caveat here. Um, Derek Favors, Mascala, uh, James Robinson, Earl Pukashevsky, these are the guys that are going to be in charge of beating up Jokic tonight. Um, I'm looking at the, the points here by Jokic, the rebounds by Jokic, and the assists by Jokic. And I didn't like any of them individually. So we've had success betting is over points, rebounds, and assists. And we've had success betting triple doubles as well. So what do we want to do here? What do we want to do here? I'll tell you what we want to do here. Uh, there's always a number to where I get uncomfortable betting overs. And I told you it was, it was uncomfortable betting Jokic over 47 and a half PRA. And he got to that. But the problem is, is that, 50 and a half to get 51. He's either going to need to get 20 rebounds or something like 17 rebounds. He's going to have to score 30 points, 20. So let's see here. 
25, 13, and 8 would be what? 46, and that's a great game. That would be a great game for Jokic. Uh, he hasn't hit 50 points, rebounds, and assists in five straight against OKC. I know we go back to last year, but I think there's a lot of similarities there. It is really uncomfortable betting Jokic unders, okay? And I know a lot of you are diehard Nugget fans, and you won't do it, and I'm fine with that. Ooh, hold my breath, hold my nose. Jokic under 50 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I think he has a terrific game. I would bet the over on this if it was 46 and a half. Would I bet the over at 40? I might even do it 47 and a half, but that's my cutoff. And when you got 50 and a half PRA, like again, just do the numbers in your head. Let's say he gets 28 and 10. That puts you at 38, right? 28. 10 rebounds, and then, what, 10 assists puts you at 48. So he's going to have to go for 28, 18, and 6 tonight. And I just think the rebounds, he's going to have his rebounds. I think the assists and possibly the points are the ones that are going to get him. So 50 and a half, under, that's my play. I play my plays, just so you know. And I tell you, at some point in time during every show, whether or not we want to bet, or we lost a bet. Hopefully we win this bet. That's what you do. Thank you very much uh, for watching, listening to the podcast. Really appreciate that. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. And tomorrow we're going to talk about the NFL MVP odds. We're going to get into those because Brady and Rogers are the favorites, but Patrick Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Johnny Taylor, maybe even Cooper Cup, starting to move up that list, might have a Raiders Broncos bet for you. We'll recap the Nuggets game as well, and maybe we'll get into some tomfoolery. All right, thanks to Steven, our producer, for making this happen, getting it on the air and everything else. If this is the last one you listen to, come on, you shouldn't, but the last show you listen to before Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. I'm Holden Kushner, and thanks for listening to the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers.